0: What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the Go Long podcast, and most importantly, as always, for subscribing to Go Long over at Substack and GoLongTD.com. Thank you, everyone, who has signed up monthly, annual, and you can always pop on the free list if you want to give us a a trial run before upgrading and getting everything. It's a great time to subscribe. I'm going to have uh, several season preview stories. In succession, starting when training camps start up, basically. Um, and in the meantime, I have a profile up on Carlton Davis. Perhaps you caught a few of his uh, comments. Um, Gosh, yeah, making the rounds, Pro Football Talk, NFL Network, ESPN. It is true. Yes, he did tell us he intends to wreck shit this season. And that the NFL is in for a rude awakening if they think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are dead. Without Tom Brady. It was fascinating, and if you take the time to read the full story on Carlton's rise from Miami Gardens to Auburn to Tampa, it starts to make a lot of sense. Uh, Kind of a theme here at Go Along, right? That football really goes beyond those X's and O's and the analytics and the game planning. It's a sport played by human beings. It's a sport played on emotion, and Holy heck, the Buccaneers, uh, they've got those boxes checked, thanks to Carlton Davis. Also, uh, for the story, I chatted with uh, Zion McCullum, second-year cornerback out of Sam Houston State. Very similar temperament to Carlton Davis. Uh, Carlton's kind of taking this guy under his wing. I just thought here on the podcast I'd include my conversation with Zion if you wanted to uh, go a little beyond the story. Here is Zion uh, getting into Carlton his leadership, his unique style, where he really does try to punch holes through the receiver's chest at the line of scrimmage. And then Zion's own path. He's got a twin brother who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. His dad played for the Chicago Bulls. Wild stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening to the podcast, rating, reviewing, sharing, and reading over at golongtd.com. So, Carlton, um, where do you even start with with him? He's got a one-of-one a one personality, it seems.
1: Yeah, he definitely is very, very different from all the people I've played with in my career. I mean, he has, like, a different passion. He's, like, wired a little bit differently. You know, my co- coach, Rock, says all the time, you know, he's crazy. He's, he's like, you know, follow a lot of these guys on the team, but be careful with CD because he's a little crazy. And I didn't know what he meant by that. But, I mean, once we actually started playing games and he kind of gets into his, you know, his competitive world, it's like, okay, he he might be a little crazy.
0: (laughs) How how so? Because I I got that sense, too. He's a a little scary at times talking to him. I was a little – I was intimidated.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he just – He's such a competitor and I think he knows himself so well and he knows and he's in love with who he is as a person and he's accepted it. And he really doesn't care too much about anything other than, you know, what he's trying to do and the job that he's trying to get done. And he has a different love for his teammates and for his family and his friends and the way that he talks about everybody. But I mean, you really don't want to be on his bad side. And I mean, every receiver in the NFL is on his bad side. So
0: that's that's what he said. Um, I brought up the Michael Thomas feud. You know how they went back and forth a couple of years ago, and he said, "He's he yeah. honestly, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm trying, I'm trying to fuck everybody up. Every receiver I face, he's like, it's not just doesn't, it's not just personal with one guy. It's, it's everybody.
1: It's everybody. It's practice. I mean, the first time I actually got to see him play was mini camp of last season when I came in as a rookie, and he came in and. He's just putting hands on every – it's like he's boxing these receivers at the line of scrimmage, the way he's putting hands on guys, and nobody's able to get away from him because he got these long arms, and he's not even concerned about anything. He's not concerned about covering. He's just concerned about punching these dudes' chests, and it it works. It works for him, and it's crazy. It was really cool to see. Really.
0: This is at practice, you said?
1: Oh, yeah, this is at practice. <laughs> His first rep. He gets the speedy, super speedy receiver, and he just punches him in the chest and just controls him and contains him. And that was my I think my first time, because my coach is telling us, you know, you want to put hands on the receiver, you want to put hands on the receiver. That's what we want to do. And it's a different when you actually see it from a guy who you haven't seen all OTAs. You you know, you know he's working out, but he's, you know, really, really quiet about it. And then he comes in. And he just starts putting that clinic together. And it's like, okay, I, I see why they call him CD Murder. Because yeah. I mean, he's out here tenacious.
0: Do you remember who that receiver would have been? You said, Look. Yeah, it was like, Devin
1: Tompkins. Probably yeah. our is our punt returner now. Probably the shiftiest, quickest guy. And he was doing the same thing to guys like Jalen Darden. I mean, all the short five eight, five nine guys. You know, yeah. like the Tyreek Hills of the world. Like the quick guys you're not supposed to get hands on. I mean, he's able to do it. It was pretty incredible,
0: probably pisses guys off from time to time. I would think does it does it lead to uh a brawl here and there? possibly?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, and he's the type he's not gonna back down from anybody from or from anyone, and he'll get yeah. in a brawl, and then you know guys will kinda you know pull him off, and all you'll see is just a big smile on his face <laughs> like he's having the time of his life. <laughs>
0: And <laughs> what's been the most memorable brawl that you've seen in practice?
1: In practice to probably in versus Miami and during oh, yeah. practice last year, because you know you had Waddle and you had Tyree and he'll get guys and like I said, when he tries to punch holes through people, I mean these receivers, they get absolutely, you know, enamored. You know, hey, that's holding. Why are you doing all this? And they're saying all this, and they're complaining, and he's still, you know, driving people back. I can't tell you what the name of these receipts because it was, you know, you see everybody, but I mean, he gets people riled up, and then you know, Levante or Devin has to come over there, you know, and pull him off, and he's just sitting here like, what do you mean? What do I do? What do I do? Is that a coach? You got to bring that up with the the Miami coaches. The receiver coaches need to do a better job, not me. (laughs) He'll he'll
0: say that to him.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. He's a he's a trash talker. He's not a crazy trash talker because really he's all about business. But I mean, he's never gonna let anybody feel like they have the upper hand on him. He's gonna, if you do a bad job, he's gonna you know let you know, hey, you didn't do you know you need to do that better. You need to get coached up more on that because you need to go back to practice with it.
0: So when you say punch a hole through a guy, what is the technique that
1: he's taught that you're all taught, that he's kind of perfected? Yeah, I mean, so so my coach coming in, because I had a way different technique in college, and my coach was like, you got to swipe all that. Basement, level one, you have to relearn how to press and get hands on and mirror receivers. And he was like, but be careful, you know, who you watch. Because... There are some people on this team that do things that not everybody can do. And Carlton was definitely like one of those guys where his technique, to me, it's not a technique. To me, he's out there and he's just going off of pure, you know, athleticism. And he's just going off of, you know, his how he feels about the game. Because the way that he presses is so unique, unlike anybody else. I mean, the way he'll he'll lift both feet off the ground and to this wide stance. And then he'll just shift his his hands out and you won't think his legs are moving, but I mean, he's able to mirror guys. And so he'll just crowd the line of scrimmage. And to me, the only thing that's going in his head is, you know, get my hands on and punch a hole through the receiver. And it's so weird because, you know, a rookie like me is like, okay, I see that, you know, I'm going to go and try to do exactly what that was. And then you do it and then the receiver is, you know, getting way wider, at least he's getting around. It's like, how is he really doing it? I had to take a step back. I was like, I got to learn how to play for myself because his body is completely different. And I've never seen anybody in the league use the technique that he uses. That's why I say, it. I don't even know if it's a technique. I think it's just, he's going up a passion and grit and athleticism.
0: Which, you know, we all bitch about where the NFL is at in 2023. I do anyways, like how it's just yeah. so pass friendly, offensive friendly, you, you, you know, you breathe on a receiver and you're going to get flagged, but like with, within those five yards, it's it's still football, right? Like you can kind of do whatever you want. It's just you better you better get those hands on or it's a touchdown. <laughs> it's kind of like exactly. you know, it's like the risk reward.
1: A hundred percent. And I mean, especially for him, I mean, I don't think he gets really enough credit because, you know, what doesn't go in the stat book is when a quarterback's staring his receiver down and it has to look the other way. I mean, he does not get thrown at a lot and it's because of his ability to get his hands on at the line of scrimmage because, I mean, if it takes a second and a half for a receiver to get off the line, then, I mean, it's pretty much shutting down that entire half of the field. That's
0: so why I have such a hard time. I mean, this isn't just me pandering to you and Carlton, but I have a hard time agreeing with everybody who says that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be bad this year. You know, I, I, that, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you see it, every power but, ranking and – the odds in Vegas, everything has you guys at the bottom of the barrel. And with a guy like Carlton, literally fighting, punching, play in, play out. I feel like he like won't allow you guys to to, to be a bad team. And, and then you look at your roster and there's a lot of talent. Um, where's your head at going into this season? And how does Carlton kind of maybe lead the way toward this being a contender? Not, not a team that's tanking or anything like that.
1: Oh yeah. Big time. I mean, the disrespect is unbelievable, but I mean, I know Carlton feels the same way when it's like, I mean, we love it. We, for us to be calm down, we love that underdog mentality that to come from behind mentality. You know, we're kind of like, you know, silent assassins in a way, you know, we don't get a lot of coverage in media. You know, there's a lot of guys that play a lot of good football and people don't know about it. You know, Carlton, Dean, a lot of those guys, you know, they're not getting like the the pro bowls or the all pros but i mean they're doing a lot of things that i know coaches see on film and so i know all the other 31 nfl teams you know they're probably preaching to the, you know their guys like hey don't look at listen to the media when it comes to this team like it's a different type of team cuz if you don't come correct then you're going to get reminded and humbled really really quick.
0: I mean, the, the, the defensively alone, I mean, you guys just have dogs. I mean, got Super Bowl champions. What, what is the expectation for you guys into this season? I mean, do, do you talk about playoffs? Do you talk about Super Bowl? Do you talk about the fact that everybody thinks you're going to be this three-win team?
1: Uh, I mean, we talk about it, but, I mean, we don't really try to live in the negative whatsoever. You know, we don't like to say – you know, if we're rebuilding, then we'll never say we're rebuilding. You know, we are trying to establish a core group of guys that can always take us to, one, the division win. And then we just take it step by step to division winner. Okay, now let's go to this playoff game and win. Let's go to the next one that's coming, you know, NFC champions and then eventually Super Bowl champions. So we don't really focus on, you know, the negatives of anything. You know, we go and try to play our brand of football, which is aggressive, nasty, and and we come from behind like assassins, and you know, take people by the throat.
0: Carlton said he really hopes like his temperament becomes contagious, just attacking every day, like it like it is the Super Bowl. How how does he do that, and I, what does that look like up close as a teammate?
1: Yeah, he's he's real vocal with. I mean, us corners when it comes to, you know, practice and, you know, every day we're trying to prove something, you know, he's going into, this is his fifth year uh, now. And he still, you know, has the vibe of, you know, he's coming to everybody. Nobody catches a pass on us today. Dean, nobody catches a pass on you. Zion, nobody catches a pass on you. We're going into one-on-ones, giving up no passes and it will never, you know, be different from a day in day out. It doesn't matter if it's, You know, the last day of training camp or the first day of summer workouts, you know, he always is the same when it comes to no passes allowed. You know, talking to the quarterbacks, you know, talk, be the quarterbacks, buddy, friend, friend. But like when we're on the field, like that's our enemy, even if it's our own teammate. Like if you're wearing an opposite color jersey. Then you're not we're not your friend, really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) can see him and uh and baker getting into it you know baker seems like he's oh, wired to uh, are,
1: already are you seeing it <laughs> oh yeah i mean he'll, he'll jump a three-step or or he'll play something and he'll just scream at baker like throw it <laughs> because i mean like i said like quarterbacks they just know if you put the ball in the air you know it could be going the other way and he knows that he needs you know more production in terms of interceptions but it's so hard to yeah. catch interceptions when nobody's throwing it at
0: you okay so you where does the zion story begin the re- the real zion here i think everybody would like to hear from this zion as opposed to the other one uh yeah with everything going on in his life yeah. um i don't i know, no, know you come from a small school obviously and you have a chance to become a part of uh, you know, one of the best defenses in that cornerback room. But, like, where where does uh, your story really begin, you think?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I grew up in a basketball family. For one, uh, my dad played in the NBA, played for the Bulls for a couple of years, and he went overseas and played in the Israel League for a, a while. And so, but I was always kind of gravitated towards football and having a twin brother. You know, we're always going at it. And so, you know, you'll never really see me post anything or go to these big training centers because, shoot, me and my brother, we just run one-on-ones in the backyard every day. And we're constantly learning and, you know, and just gravitating and soaking in all the information that we get. And so, especially from this past year, just to be able to learn so much, especially at this level, you know, you don't really get at the FCS level what you see in the SEC, what you see in the NFL, And especially being around guys like, you know, Carlton and Dean, a lot of these just locked down man-to-man guys. And of course, being blessed to be under Coach Bowles, who's a defensive-minded guy, I'm just soaking everything in. And I'm super excited for this year because the jump has been incredible for me and my comfort and just having a year to soak in all the information and have it sit, I mean, I can't wait. And there's no other guy to look up to other than you know cd and dean who are just guys that are known for their ability to play press man which is my favorite thing to do
0: it is different in tampa bay with that that press man right i mean usually there's going to be some help over the top there's going to be some help inside um you're playing off you're reading you're reacting that I, you know so many corners love to say oh, i'm a shutdown guy you know this is my island but Todd wants to blitz and he probably blitzes more than any coach in the NFL, which <laughs> leaves you on an island. Like, it's you, you are living yeah. that
1: life. Exactly. And big time. And, and I'm completely fine with that. I mean, I did a lot of that in college. We ran a lot of, you know, cover one with our safeties in that eight yards, our deep middle safeties in that eight yards. Like, you're not getting any help over the top. And, you know, my ability to, to be comfortable in is a large part of the reason why I was joining this team. And so refining the technique is, is what they consider the easy part, but having the mindset of, you know, being comfortable, you know, going up against a guy who's 4-4 or 4-3 and not needing any help over the top because I'm not expecting any help over the top. It gives us a chip on our shoulder for sure, and all of our guys love it. I mean, we we could press all game. We could play man all game, and we'd be completely happy with it. But you know, we got to have a little bit of disguise, keep these quarterbacks thinking. So yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. So your dad, he, your dad was Chris Carr and he played on the the Bulls team right after Jordan Pippen, Rodman, right? Like right after the dynasty.
1: Yeah. Corey Carr and right. Yeah. The year after. So he came in and they just left. I always joked him about that. Like, Dang, uh, you can, you can go one-on-one with Jordan just for a year. I'm supposed to be able to hear those stories.
0: The baby bowls. That was like Tyson Chandler and Eddie Curry, right? Like
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of young guys and, and the coach had just came, new coach just came in and basically cleaned house and got a ton of youth on that team. Tim and Boyd. so it was competitive for sure.
0: So but you were you were born that year probably, right? Ninety nine, I wanna say. Yeah, ninety
1: nine, oh, okay. yeah. So uh, I, said, you're... I don't remember being courtside, but I see <laughs> yeah. pictures, and I'm like, oh, shoot, was a little baby Zion and Tristan.
0: So basketball was just a huge part of your life, though, growing up, I'd imagine. Was that, like, a lot of guys your first your first love with your dad?
1: Yeah, it, basketball was pretty big. I mean, our, our my dad and my mom, especially my mom, tried to push us to do any and all sports. I mean, middle school, we were... You know, swimming, you know, tennis, track and field, football, basketball. I mean, any sport that there is, soccer, like we were we were playing it. And she just wanted us to be able to play everything. Because if you know how to play everything, you know, you're going to add to your athleticism. You know, you're going to have to be versatile. But then you, you can really nail down and grow a passion for one specific thing. And that's when, you know, football came in. and. We were we're late. Group we're late. Groomers. Uh, uh, what do you call it? We grew late, so we were yeah. short up until my senior year in high school. And so I remember, you know, the day that we gave up on basketball. I like to say I retired from the game because you know, but it's because I was I was short. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be playing basketball, but I'm five eight, and I'm a sophomore in high school. And there's no signs of getting taller. So maybe I should just give up on that. But my dad said, you know, no, you're your your late bloomers, your late bloomers. He didn't he grew a couple inches after college. So I was like, okay, let me just wait on it. And then eventually we just sprouted up and I mean we still haven't stopped growing. So
0: and in that cornerback, if you if you've had speed and you're as big as you are, you're a mutation there aren't many corners built like you in the nfl i don't think
1: yeah it's a problem for sure it's going to be a problem i mean i like to pride myself on my ability to as my speed and my quickness you know and the height is a cherry on top and so finding out how to combine and use all of that i mean and if used in the right way it's a receiver's worst nightmare and that's what i plan on being are
0: you six four
1: Six three now, yeah.
0: Okay, I okay.
1: well, got yeah, I'll take that though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Still six three is monstrous at corner. Uh, yeah, and that's such a good point on, on the multiple sports. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes. I talked to people close to him, and it, it, literally any sport that is in existence, he played ping pong, yeah, throwing a hatchet, <laughs> golf, basketball, baseball, football. Obviously, it was. He, he just kind of did everything and was a natural at everything and then kind of made like his own interpretation of the quarterback position. I, I think that kind of gets lost is with, with seven on sevens and these quarterbacks, you know, anointed the next coming basically out of the womb. Uh, why, why do you think it, it, it's important to just play so many different sports? How did it help
1: you? Just as a, you know, a competitive standpoint, for one, if you learn how to compete, then I mean, competing doesn't just mean, you know, being the best at one thing. It means being the best at anything that life throws at you. You know, like it could be one one orange left in the grocery store and it's you and an old lady, you compete to go get that orange, right? <laughs> it, it's competing at all and every level. And I think once you learn how to compete now, later in life, once you start to narrow things down, and you actually find this really start finding your passions I mean y- the hard part is already integrated into your your veins into your blood now you can just compete and when you're focusing on one thing and one thing only then you can start taking things to a whole nother level
0: I don't know this is probably dating myself I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan it's like Jerry with the marble rye he just takes the bread from an old lady I mean sometimes have to. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you were born in 99. Seinfeld was done by then. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so, what was your favorite non football sports memory? Like, it, it, through that competition lens, is there like a game that you still cherish to this day? Sure. At any age, really?
1: I mean, I could say, really, any and everything. I remember, I mean, me and my brother, we competed at everything. And we were all, we, we were the type of kids to where our mom takes us, you know, put, put golf in. And it's not, it's supposed to be some fun thing, and it's not fun. Because, you know, you miss one shot, and your life is over. And so I know it was tough growing <laughs> up around us, especially because we competed at everything. You know, mom says, dinner's ready. Oh, who's going to race and get to the table the fastest? Oh, who's going to get home and get done with their homework the fastest? You know, who's going to get the best grades? You know, it was really everything. So I can't really nail down one thing just because I kind of treated everything the same. You know, yeah. That there wasn't
0: a basketball game, uh, you know, game winner, bloody everything back against the wall. <laughs> or or I mean, you and your dad probably played some epic one-on-one games. I would think too, right?
1: A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It, it was it was me, and my brother, and my mom for the most part growing oh, up. Okay. Cause he was- in Israel yeah that's right I mean yeah yeah
0: you and you are uh, we going. you're gonna to go to Utah right and then you decide to stay closer to home out of high school
1: yeah my they actually they offered both me and my twin brother and he ended up having a little bit of a problem with his back at the time and we knew it wasn't a very big deal, but they offered to bring him in they're like we're gonna gray shirt him so. He's going to become a part of the next year's recruiting class. And, you know, Tristan and I have always been real loyal, you know, guys. And when we have our mindset, to, you know, do something, you know, we're going to follow it and get it done. And we know that, you know, the way that life is, you know, everything will just conform to you as long as you're doing things out of love. And so we took a step back. We said, look, if you're not going to take both of us, then you know, we'll go to the smaller school and it'll be fine with us because we know that we want to play together. We know we can play. So that's why we ended up going to Sam Houston State. And then the cherry on top was being closer to home, of course, so, you know, mom can see every game and stuff. But that's what happened. And, you know, it ended up up working, really. And and the same thing happened before we won the national championship. You know, I had a ton of schools hit me up like hey, come and transfer, you know, you'll improve your draft stock, yada, yada. But, I mean, I knew that as long as I was just doing things the way that I love and I had a vision already set out that, you know, none of that stuff was going to matter at the end game. And when we stepped foot on campus, we wanted to bring the school a national championship. And we were so close. I couldn't just leave after, you know, being part of that and we stuck down and that year we won the national championship so you know i have a vision of you know where i want to be and how i want to do things and you know that's just my role that's just the way that i do things you know i love life i'm loving where i'm at now and i'm gonna keep growing and keep getting better and you know things have worked out for me because of the love that i have for everything that i do so i'm excited
0: Plus you probably gained lifelong memories with your twin brother, right? Like oh, that, that stuff matters too. Like, yeah, you could go to a bigger school and be enticed and probably 99% of the guys in your position do that. But uh, that, that twin Brotherly connection is special. Tiki Barber, I was just talking to him like this a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, him and ronde I mean, they were like one and the same through high school, through college. It was weird when one went to New York and one went to Tampa. It was it was really hard for both both of them. Um, I don't know. It's it's a different kind of relationship, isn't it?
1: It is. It's different. I, me, and him, we remember reading uh Tiki and ronde's children's book when we were young. Our, we used to sit in a circle and used to read back and forth to each other, and we're like, you know, one day, you know, like that's going to be us. Like I, we don't know how we're gonna do it. We're just in elementary school. We don't we don't know what we're gonna do to get there. We don't know how our path is gonna. But we know as long as we stick together, like they stick together, that we're gonna do it. And you know now he's with the Eagles and I'm with the Bucks and we'll see each other week three and we'll go up against each other and that's gonna be a fun jersey swap.
0: It is, I mean, uh, I guess a lot of twins look alike, but I'm just looking at both of your mug shots right now, and it's freaky. Like, I, I'd imagine you probably mess with some people,
1: right? Oh, yeah, all the time. In elementary school, we switched classes a couple times. The only way people told us was the shoes. So mom drops us off. You know, right before we go in, she drives off. You know, you wave. I'm like, okay, switch your shoes, switch your shoes, switch your shoes.
0: <laughs> Never... Never girlfriends, so you 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 wouldn't go that far.
1: I'm hoping we go that, far. that was never us. That was never us. I mean, we had <laughs> teammates and guys all the time that are like, dude, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all could have <laughs> been running this show. Y'all could have been running, saying, "What are you? What's going on?" And we're like, "Hey, man, maybe you become a twin and you go that route, but that's just not." <laughs>
0: A man has a code, right? You, you got to draw the line somewhere.
1: Exactly. I mean, come on now.
0: <laughs> what a run, though, for your brother. So, uh gosh, I think teammates with Reed Blankenship. Um, yeah. I did a story on him last year. He's he's a fun guy, but that had been pretty cool, like to follow their Super Bowl run and to just see him as a part of it. And gosh, yeah, you'll know, I mean, be facing each other in a in a huge game at some point.
1: Exactly. I mean, I'm excited for him moving forward and playing at that safety position and getting better and better, too, and I can't wait to see him, too. I mean, I haven't – I've gotten a chance to see him a couple of days, but I'll see him here in about four or five days, and that's when we'll get after it.
0: I'd be remiss, too. I mean, I think everybody's wondering, just to bring it back to the Bucks here quick, um, how do how do the quarterbacks look, right? Because – Outside, looking in, we get, we catch a OTA video clip that's spliced up to maybe make both look not so good here. You know, a power ranking there, and everybody's wondering, oh, what the hell's going on at quarterback? But you're you're facing them every day. Uh, yeah. And it's early, but what, what do you see out of Baker and even Kyle Trask?
1: You know, it's early. I mean, they both look, look good. It's really hard to tell when you don't have an actual pass rush. and and the D-line are actually trying to take the quarterback's head off. You know, there's no pads on, but I mean, they look good. Baker looks good. I mean, I've never gone up against him. I never played him in person. I mean, other than the Rams last year. So to see him, you know, he, he definitely has that cannon of an arm, way stronger arm than I thought he did. And he's a competitor. You know, you see on like TV when he's like going crazy and yelling and competing and like getting on people, like he's, definitely as advertised when it comes to that. He's going to bring the juice every single day. And, and Kyle, you know, he just has the factor. I mean, he's big and he can run. And he's a lot more mobile than people think. I mean, people don't understand, you know, how much he can, you know, affect a defense's game plan and just an offense's play calling based off of the way that he can run. So I'm really looking forward to their co- competition and training camp. And I know they're they're both going to compete. We we don't know who's going to take it right now, you know. But, I mean, Baker, he, he's definitely smart. You know, he's played in a lot more games, obviously. So he knows, you know, the smart decisions and where to go with the ball and how to win. And, you know, Kyle is, is coming along great. So I'm excited to see their competition.
0: I heard Dave um, Canales, the OC, said that about Baker's arm too, right? Like that it kind of surprised me. You know, I don't, I think of Baker Mayfield and I don't think, you know, throwing it over the mountains, but that seems to be a theme that he just has a friggin' strong arm
1: still. Yeah. Man can zip that thing in there. And it's especially annoying as, you know, a DB when you're on a guy right then and there. And then that ball just somehow finds a way to zip straight into a small window. So I love that. I love that uh, part of a, that quarterback on our team, you know. What I mean, and it's good to go against in practice, but it surprised me too.
0: Anything else everybody out there should uh should know about you, even off the
1: field? Shoot, just know that you know I'm working every day, and I'm coming. And you know, I love the love, and I love the hate even more. And that's just this Bucks team. You know, we're gonna keep our heads down, and we're gonna keep on working. And I'm going to give these Bucks fans everything that they, they dreamed of and more. So I'm excited for this year.
0: You guys got to like the fact that everybody's counting you out. I think every coach out there tries to cultivate that underdog sentiment right. in, a, in, a, in a locker room. And it can fall flat when you're a Super Bowl contender. But shit. I think I, last odds I saw there were only two teams below you guys on the Super Bowl. So you, you, you can tap into some real disrespect
1: and I mean that's just been the story of, of my life and I know that this team you know being a Super Bowl contender and then getting so close to the other time the next year you know to be in the position and to be disrespected the way that they have especially with the veterans and you know the roster from top to bottom that this team has you know it's exciting to know that people are counting you out and it's exciting to you know have that fire relit it's almost like it creates a new culture. And I feel like this is the last defense, this is, you know, the last team overall that you want to give, put a chip on their shoulder. But mm-hmm. we love it. Because there's just proud guys, right? Like
0: Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. I
1: mean, Oh, yeah, Antoine, you know, Dean, yeah. Carlton, everybody, the depth. And then the young guys that we have coming up, I mean – They did a great job of getting undrafted free agent guys and this rookie class that's going to add to this pass rush. And, you know, the speed that we have on offense, it's going to be exciting.
0: Zion, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for just carving out time like this. You know, you're traveling all over the place. This is when you get to relax, get away from people like myself. So uh, (laughs) thank you so much for fitting me
1: in. No problem. Appreciate you for reaching out, man.